In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Bienvenidos al episodio 8 del Evangelio de Amigos. Soy David. That actually wasn't bad Spanish, although I'm uh, a Southern American, so uh, you could fool me easy. I'm Chase. I'm Nick. Well, this we, we've had an influx of international listeners, and I thought we should bring an international wow. flavor to the podcast. That is true. We, we do have a lot of uh, British listeners, so uh, <laughs> hello to you, Australian. Um I, I, we had a lot of Indian listeners, but after you guys' uh, segment last week on the dead yogi, I'm uh, why, actually a little bit you surprised you're stuff. still here. Look, why you got to bring up old stuff? It's not. Um, I mean, we read a story and expounded on. it. Yeah, I bit. listened to the story you read, and like I said, I'm, I'm surprised a, a Hindu hit squad has not wow. come after you. Wow, thanks do, for that, Chase. Hey, when, do, when they do, just be sure and tell them I wasn't on that show. Do we have any listeners from Spain or? Um, other places they speak Spanish? Yes. Mexico? They, they do. In fact, we have, okay, good. believe it or not, we have listeners on all six, uh, actually six out of seven continents. No Antarcticans yet. Okay. Antarcticans. I actually looked for this in Google Translate for um, for uh, British, but I couldn't find it. Well, British is a very so difficult options. language to translate American to. So actually, we just hope they understand us. I love that you said translate American too. All right. Anywho, this is so, the part where y'all tell us how to. Uh, are we sure? Tell people how to are contact y'all done? us. Awesome. Um, if after that display of cultural sensitivity, you want to contact us, you can reach us on the Twitter at My Gospel Friends. Um, Facebook, we've got the Facebook page where we kind of post what's going on. But if you want to join the conversation about different things we we're talking about, or Dave, are you okay? Yeah. I, I, I just I, I'm, he's probably I, still aggravated that we have two Facebook pages. That's just <laughs> one too many for him. Look, that confuses me. But I I went to the Hall of Dogma refrigerator to get a drink, <laughs> and the only thing that Chase had in there was was a Zevia, and um, it wasn't what I was expecting. That's all. It's not I look, bad. I look over at David, and it just looked like somebody. I mean, it looks like you're drinking something. Hey, could very you sour. could you buy us drinks that are better than that? <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'll do my best. The Virgil's early on in the show was very good. Back Best to Facebook. Ever. Back in the uh, retired check it out segment, we don't do anymore. The retired check it out, we don't do anymore. Fair enough. Um, well, we just told you to not check out Zevia, so that'll be a reverse. Um, if you want to talk about, <laughs> they're never going to sponsor us now. There our goes our list of sponsors just keeps failing. Um, if you want to talk about your favorite or least favorite cola, please visit us on facebook.com slash group slash hall of dogma. You can email us at thegospelfriends at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail um, as someone we'll get to later today did um, earlier this week at 205-575-9735. Thanks, Sean. No. So what's on tap for today? Wow. Wow, we are getting underappreciated. Was there something more, more to it than that? I think, that Chase, that... That doesn't mean you should say thanks to Sean. You should tell people just about says thanks, Sean. Chase has gone into the oh, literal oh, yeah, the version guy who of our, did our our music. Yes, yes. the nice Sean interview Lombard. That we got. Uh, we and didn't we, charge us for it. That's Remember? right. We yeah. do want to thank Sean for his opening music. Check him out on Facebook. Just search for Sean Lombard. Oh, and also want to give a shout out to people listening to us on SoundCloud or Stitcher. 
We love our SoundCloud and Stitcher listeners, but we do want to ask you just to be swell and nice and <laughs> gee whiz don't golly, say, it's just wonderful. Subscribe to us on out iTunes, and hey, if you like the show, give us a review. If you don't like the show, email <laughs> J. David McConnell at hey. and let him know All what he dogma. needs to do to fix it. Allofdogma.com. You realize I'm going to have to edit that. Zevia, Zevia.com, home of... The zero calorie, zero taste. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, David, over to you. What's on tap for today other than slamming a uh, a soft drink maker? I found a, an old article off Pothios, Pothios.com. Pothios. <laughs> the okay. liberal haven. The oh, uh, One of my favorite websites um, when I want my blood pressure to rise. <laughs> right there next to Huffington Post. Wait a minute. Are you guys both doing Pothios articles? Oh, I don't know. I'm doing one. I'm doing Way to drive all of our traffic to that <laughs> site. Good, good job, guys. Well, anyway, to uh, today there. we're going to go with um, wait, 10 wait. cliches Christians should never use and see if we agree oh, with the writer on Pothios. That is a funny article. Not ha-ha funny, though. Not ha-ha funny. To you, Nick. I'm actually going to... Um, this isn't necessarily an article. It's one of those kind of throughout-the-week things, but um, our good buddy, um, former member or previous attender of the show, hopefully to be again in the future, Kevin sent me um, in chat that um, Amazon finally came out with their streaming book service. And it got me thinking, because I was kind of looking through, trying to see if I could justify the money. It's, it, you know, And any time I think about a new subscription, think about kind of what I'm already using. I just kind of wanted to say, see what you guys utilize, how and why. And so more of a real life topic kind of thing. Sounds good. As for me, since I don't have to take orphans to the hospital and miss the show, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, Take It or Leave It, in which place we're going to be talking about As the Osteen Turns. Oh, boy. Can't Touch This, Pastor Superdad, and watching a couple of trailers. And to be fair, it's not really an orphan. It was my son, so that... I just yes. wanted people to sympathize with me. I, we, we are glad I, I was you're, sad. To we're glad you're back show. this week, though. It made me sad to miss it. Well, we were we were sad for you to not be here. Uh, it, yeah, I don't think you that... had to trump card the sadness. Any anybody who's taken their kid to a no, doctor, I mean, it is yeah. actually a funny story. We thought he had meningitis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh wait, no. The funny part was <laughs> we got to work on we got to work on provocative. <laughs> yeah, and we got to work on funny. Funny, okay. Because so. you don't have either one of those two words down. <laughs> Here's, here's why I that was funny. I think that means what you think it means. We went to the doctor. The doctor sent us to the hospital because they suspected meningitis. Well, it turned out that he simply had like a, a, a fever virus, throat kind of strep thing. But he had injured his neck the day before on a slip and slide when a woman trucked him. And he forgot <laughs> about it until we were sitting in the waiting room of the hospital, which was a little too late. Then so. he had an aha moment. So, yes. you're, so you're telling oh, yeah. me your son got beat up by a girl? Uh, it was a woman, and and he was ten year old, ten years old. So it's it's okay. He was. He is also still ten years old. Hey, uh, you saying as the Osteen turns reminded me of our good friend at Adhesive Wombat on Twitter, who loved the at Driscoll turn segment. Oh, at Adhesive Wombat won a uh, box of the honeycomb cereal yes, with marshmallows, marshmallows that we were uh, talking about on the first couple of shows. I think because being the one of the first guys, or the first guy to give us feedback. Yes. But we, we tried to get his address. I, don't, I asked you guys to find his address so we get it to him. Nick emailed it to us. He did? Yeah. What happened to that box of cereal? Uh, well, I just I was going to let him know that my family ate it this past week because yeah. I'd carried it around in my car for four weeks. 
on top ten signs you're a I'm, sociopath, number seven is you eat cereal that was intended as a prize for somebody on your it podcast. It wasn't going to be a prize anymore. It had been sitting in my car for six <laughs> no, It would have been a six type of surprise. Oh, so I it's never great for got your family. The, I never got the address. Can y'all read that on the air? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, go ahead. Let's all tell our personal home addresses, cell phone numbers, and okay. personal email addresses. All right. We That's need to plan. get him a box of cereal, but I bought that box and subsequently ate it, so someone else, right, make a note, Chase, on your hand. Sociopath. Here we go. You should be Dexter. This week, we're going to get started with Oh No You Didn't segment. And guys, I have some sad news. Uh-oh. But they have killed Archie. What? Not uh, Bunker. Like, okay, the comic book? The comic. A while ago. Carol O'Connor's dead. Why are you touching my Mountain Dew? I was afraid you were going to knock it off the table. Quit it, Is Carol O'Connor really <laughs> Is Carol O'Connor dead, really? Surely. Yes. Surely? That's not nice. Hold on, Is I he got really? It. Right, you talk about it. this, Archie, and I'll... Archie, Jeepers. in the comic books, they have killed him off. Yeah, he uh, died, like, in 2001. He did not. Yes, he did. June 2001. June 2nd, 1924 to June Hey, breaking news, everybody. <laughs> Carol O'Connor has passed. Y'all are making fun of Carol O'Connor dying. We're, I just found out. Fun. Okay. Actually, right. I, I liked about him Archie. in the heat of the night and um, the Archie Honestly, I didn't know he was dead. I'm talking about the Archie off Archie comics. And they have killed him off. Archie Andrews, it has been uh, announced that uh, Archie Andrews, the beloved red-haired comic book icon, is going to die while trying to save a friend's life. Now, um, Archie comic books publisher and co-CEO John Goldwater has offered more specifics. Guys, if you're thinking that Archie died saving Jughead or Reggie, or Betty, or Veronica, or even or Moose, or even Moose, or the Jalopy. You would be wrong. Okay, he actually has died saving Kevin Keller. Kevin Keller. Who yes. is this? Is this is a new one to me? Is that Helen's brother? Can we make fun of Helen Keller? I don't think he made fun of Helen. I wasn't making fun of Helen Keller. Oh, okay. It was the first. He I just didn't, he didn't make just fun. reminded me. I wanted to ask y'all. Can we make fun of Helen Keller on the show? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Oh I my goodness. To ask earlier. Okay. <laughs> hey. There are flames, and the plane's going down. Okay. Okay, just to let y'all know the status right lift, now. Lift us back off the Well, ground, we're probably Rev. not going to lift off with this. Pull but, up, pull um, up. No, Kevin Keller. Kevin Keller. Hey, in the words of R. Kelly, I believe I can fly. Kevin Keller is the Archie series' first openly gay character. Oh, wow. Okay. Who was introduced um, in 2010 and uh, uh, into the uh, Riverdale gang. And uh, apparently he gets into politics in um, the Archie series, and uh, and he's running for senator or something, and someone goes to assassinate him, and Archie jumps in front of the bullet and takes it for his friend, and he dies. So the gang is old enough to run for politics now? In this one, this series called the, the Life with Archie series, apparently wow. apparently so. Um, now, here, here's the here's a a thing now I, when we were on when we were doing the podcast geek out uh it was well known on there that uh one of the reasons that i really kind of despised the comic That's book a nice word comic word. book world is because uh apparently you can now have like 20 different uh paths of the same comic going and a character can die in one comic 
but not actually be dead in the other 17 yeah, yeah, yeah. that are being written. So, uh, See, you're making he, so many... Okay. No, I'm not. They're, they're saying oh, that, no. hey, they're killing off Archie in the Life with Archie just, series. Just talk about this. I don't, I don't want to correct your they're killing obvious off, lack of... They're killing off Archie they're in the Life Archie. with Archie series. Yes. So but not the real they, one, apparently. But they even say he will Sorry. live on in other... Archie yes. series. Well, look, yes. if you can't understand, David, alternate universes, yeah, how can exactly. you understand the origin of, of everything? Because uh, people like Richard Dawkins, et cetera, explain uh, the anthropic oh, principle, boy. that is to say the fact that we live Why? in a world finely tuned for humans by saying that I blame uh, you for this, David. there are billions of alternative universes that's not finely tuned Well, apparently for you can also get to the end of that universe, and if you don't like it, reboot the whole thing and start over. Well, if you control the universe computer, I guess you can. Which they have done in several comic book series. Okay, and no, see, this is when I wish Bean was actually listening to the show streaming because he would rip this apart right now. Live streaming coming soon to so. the Gospel Friends. Tried to make it happen, but alas, didn't work. You got something to say, Bean? That's oh, wait. I, <laughs> can't hear you. <laughs> oh, I bet you'll have heard from him by the time we record the next episode. <laughs> when he rolls your house for eating his cereal. <laughs> I love you, Bean. So strange. Anyway, let's talk about Archie. We'll talk about comics. Okay, later. look, I'm just, I'm just saying it, it's it's ridiculous to me. No, no, stop. We're talking. Are we talking about Archie? Fourteen different. Are we going to talk about this? or We're going to talk about Archie. Are we going to talk about this or Archie? I, I, that's part of what I'm talking no, about. No, How no. can you kill him off? Is he either dead or not dead? So, what angle are you? Other than the alternative universe rant, yeah. what angle are other you taking your, here, McConnell? Well, I, bringing up old Archie stuff. gives his life. Uh, Archie gives his to life save for his, his homosexual now, friend. His homosexual friend, who um, the character uh, is running for Senate, I believe, because his husband Clay had been shot during a robbery, and he decides he wants to run to secure stricter gun control. Oh boy! And um, in the process, he gets shot. So now, you know, here's my thing: I I am not ranting about um, issues of homosexuality or gun control or even making stances about gun control. I am simply saying why Why do we got to go political with our comics? I mean, I read Archie growing up, loved it, and and it was all about the antics of Archie and Jughead and the Jalopy and Archie. Liking Veronica and Veronica liking Reggie and, you know, good, wholesome teenage stuff. Well, semi-wholesome. I, I thought, <laughs> so, I, I so, thought so, so wasn't why, why? Veronica the bad guy? Or, I mean, the kind of the, the bad girl? Yeah, and Archie liked her. I thought he liked Betty. No, Betty liked him. Oh, oh well, th- this is what I was. The point is, why, why, I read why? the Christian Archie comics. Did you ever see those? <laughs> I mean, I read other. I, I read like Captain America, X Men, right etc. But no, there, uh, Baptist like, Archie. I grew up at Briarwood <laughs> Presbyterian, a mega church uh, Presbyterian church, and they they had tons of Christian Spire Christian comics that were Archie comics. Okay, are you serious? So I'm Archie serious. Archie went to church in he, these comics. He, yeah, and they preached the gospel. They were like um, uh, tracks. And okay, stuff. but these weren't. Th- this couldn't have been real. Archie. This was some no, no, kind. No, no real, this real was some Archie. kind of track that they were using. Somewhat. See the picture. Archie-like characters. No, no, that's the real Archie. Archie's that's real Veronica. Way. I mean Betty. That's Betty and Moose and. Joe. I mean, I didn't re- read the regular Archie. It looked lame to me. I always liked it. No, oh, no. Okay, so in this case, then the the church actually used Archie to make their point. Uh, yes, they did. Hey, I'll be honest with you. You guys might disagree. I actually have a slight more of a problem with uh, 
uh, Archie taking this tremendous stance on gun control, as in somebody running for office believing in gun control gets shot, versus Archie laying down his life for his homosexual friend. One of those things is very noble, uh, Christ-like, and sacrificial. The other of those things... Um, and we've talked about gun control before. I think we all have a nuanced opinion on it that there is a call for some. We don't think everybody should run around with assault rifles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But we do believe in the Constitution of the United States of America. Yes. Oh, say can you. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that was a uh, – I, wow. I thought that was rhetorical. I didn't know you were looking for a, for us to actually respond. I just wanted an opportunity to sing the national anthem. I, look, I, they say in here that they wanted Archie to, you know, Archie's death in some way that, you know, that he, he would stand for something and we could learn from him. And, and look, there is something noble about um, there. It is noble laying your life down for a friend. Sure. The Bible even says that the Bible says that a greater love has no man than this. They would lay his life down uh, for uh, his friend and speaking there, obviously, of Christ. But I just, I really don't. I mean, you know, when I grew up, comic books were fun, and, and you, you, you had a good time with them, and I don't understand why, you, you know, you're seeing more of this. I just don't understand why we, we're having to hijack the comic books to make political to make political points and political messages. I mean, why can't comic books just be comic books and be an alternate universe, however many you want of them, Nick. If you want 27 of them in the, in the same genre, then have it. But why can't you just you I know, trust have the fun authors, with them? David, you should too. Okay, really? You, you trust all the authors? Okay, Nick. Ah, blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Here's a question for you. Oh, boy. Who was the first mainstream, uh, openly gay, homosexual uh, comic book character? It's one of the Flashes, wasn't it? Uh, no, but I think, uh, if unless memory serves, uh, I believe before that. Uh, early 90s, maybe. North Star, the mutant of uh, Alpha I, I Flight. So, David, you, you know, you're kind of behind the times, buddy. This has been going on for quite a while. Uh, well, look, I, I wasn't into comics the way that you guys, nerds, apparently were. Wow. I, I just. There it is. I read, words. I read, I read Archie and I read. Geeks, David. Um, we're geeks. Calvin and Hobbes. Right. I appreciate it. And. I love Garfield, and they were just fun. They were just funny, and and people weren't trying to make cultural points uh, with the comic books. So I, I don't. I mean, to me, this is, you know, to me, this is trying to take uh, something that's supposed to be fun and supposed to be for kids and entertainment, and just trying to use it to assimilate. To a particular point. Well, I, I do yeah, think it is obviously well, you're moralizing good. to a degree. I, I will say, and, and then I'll shut up because I've talked too much so far on this topic. <laughs> uh, originally, X Men, uh, Magneto, and Professor X. Magneto was meant to represent uh, Malcolm X, and Professor X really? was meant to represent Martin Luther King Jr. Are you serious? two different approaches to the race issue? I know a lot of people now use uh, X Men. Uh, mutants, etc., as a as a metaphor for homosexuality, but initially it was used as a metaphor for race, which I think is a much more powerful discussion and metaphor. I did not realize that. That's interesting. I hope I'm not repeating an urban legend. I'm pretty sure that's true. Uh, you could Google it if you can find it. That means it's true, right? Believe what's on the internet. Cheapers. <laughs> In an unrelated uh, headline, and we need to move on. But Marvel comic has made Thor a thunder goddess. 
Series writer Jason Aaron says in a statement, she's not She-Thor or Lady Thor. She is the Thor. Look, I get – I don't know if we talked about this last week or not. I get – we've talked about the comic book woman thing a time or two. But making Thor a woman, I don't understand. There's already enough strong female characters in comic books that I don't see why you have to make a traditionally – I mean (laughs) – it's not like it, Thor's a character that it's an identity that someone assumes that they pass on. So you make night, you know, Dick Grayson dies. You make, you know, uh, what's one of the? They're doing that with Captain America. I heard they just made the Falcon Captain America. Yeah, like so, but but Captain America is just just an identity you assume. Thor is a person. That's like saying we're going to make Tony Stark Tina Stark. No, <laughs> he's Tony. <laughs> and so I I just don't get that. But you know, all right. Whatever. I just just think we need to leave comics as they are. Bring in new characters if you wish. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand. You know, culturally, because they even made Pepper a, what they call a rescue. And I don't know. Made. I hadn't seen this one. Yeah, they they actually kind of went and down I, that um, Iron Lady. Well, they went down. They they didn't fully go to it, but in Iron Man three, they kind of hinted. Have you not seen that movie, Chase? I have not seen Iron Man three yet. It's have you on the list? No, 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 no. It's on the list. It's on the list of movies we need to see, but uh, uh, not along with other movies from five years ago. It's not five years ago. I know. I I was thinking, man, I have a lot of shit. Spoiler alert! This won't give too much away about the movie, but there's a point where Tony's worried about Pepper's safety, and he has developed remote Iron Man armor, and he makes the Iron Man armor attached to her. It is pretty freaking cool the way he does it. It's it's, it's a great movie. It's not my favorite of the Iron Men Yeah, because you you don't actually want character development or emotion. You just want crap to blow up. And so if you want want story and if if you want character development... If you want to have this argument, you know what? I I, I don't understand the... uh, You always use those big words. We're developing characters. I go to see superhero (laughs) movies. I I go to see movies with superheroes on them. Here's what I want to see. I want to see a bad guy who looks like he could beat up the good guy until you get to the end of the movie and the good guy wins. Well, I don't need. Guy, I don't David. need character <laughs> development. I don't need. It doesn't need to get philosophical. It doesn't need to get you know uh, connecting the dots. What's your of the movies you've seen? What is your favorite and why? Superman. No, I'm sorry, that's a geek out thing. Uh, of the movies I've seen, the Mar. The, let's say the Marvel Superman. Oh, well, Avengers is is at the top. But of, there's no there's no the character development. That there's no plot. That's probably why I liked it. But it's a well written movie. No, I, I'm actually being sarcastic because I actually think there's a ton of it in that movie. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm going with what look, you said the first when they're time. In, when they're in, um, look, where is where are they when they're when Loki's um, a big ship? No, they're Pinson. Cr- when Captain America <laughs> faces off with Loki and Iron Man bails him out, and and he's telling all those people to kneel. Oh, they're in and, uh, Germany, and he goes, "There are no men like me." And that look, guy looks at him. There's always men, men like, like you. you yeah. Oh, it's a good line. That okay. That, there's a lot of good lines in that movie. Joss Whedon is a dialogue. Well, boys, before Jeez. we get too far down the road of Sorry. sci-fi comics, Sorry. we do have some deep theological things and some fun oh, theological yes, things to talk about. But first, shall we play a game? Let's play. Let's do it. So the game today is the serial slogan game. I am going to give you a slogan. Chase has to facilitate this one because no one stands a chance against him. Hey, look, I, I am the world's biggest serial fan. Um, I will admit that. But I'm going to give you a slogan. Some of these are going to be easy. Some of them are going to be hard. I'm going to try to balance the two. In the case that the name of the serial is in the slogan, I'm going to insert a blank there. 
Uh, I'm going to remove some hard to uh, get slogans, like for instance, "Let Cocoa Krispies fill your spoon," and soon you'll be gazing at a cocoa moon because nobody remembers that one. Uh, I am going to try to give you. Yes, but of course, I did give you that in the in the title. So I'm going to start out with some easy ones. Nick, to you first. For one point, A is for blank. J is for blanks. Cinnamon toasty what? Apple jacks. That is one point to you. Like I said, it's going to be easy. The sky is this color. David, over to you. Here's another eater. I mean, here's another (laughs) easy. It's making me think of eating. Here's another eater. I'm I'm so hungry. Here's an easy one for you. Oats, the grain highest in protein. I'm just kidding. That's not that easy. That's the Cheerios slogan from 1971. Okay, I was actually going to guess Cheerios. You would have gotten it. Here's a real one. I'm cuckoo for... Cocoa Puffs. Cocoa Puffs. That's one point. Come on! Each... Over to you, one more easy one. Then I'm going to give you a couple of difficult It's not fair ones. in this universe, but in the four parallel universes this show is being broadcast in, <laughs> it's fit. Nice. Nicholas, to you, yes. I want to eat your cereal. I want to eat your cereal. Actually, Count Chocula. Count uh, Chocula is correct. It's two points job. for Nick. I was about to say, if you don't get that one, I was going to question you know, your childhood. I'm going to go Do one more easy one to you. And then the next ones are going to be a little complicated. Separate the men from the boys are to they you. Are going to be provocative? McConnell, not provocative. <laughs> that doesn't mean that. Uh, that doesn't apply to cereal. You'll oh, show them you're a tiger. Show them what you can do. The taste of Tony's blank blanks brings out the tiger in you. Frosted flakes. Frosted flakes. Okay. Well, you've gotten That's through a great the, cereal. the toddler rounds with two, point e- two points each. The toddler rounds. So That's now we're going to make it a little more, slightly more difficult. Here's one. Hey, we bought you some cereal. Just kidding. Honeycombs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good slogan. Okay, over to you, Nick. That's going to sell a lot. What cereal is kid-tested and mother-approved? Kid-tested and mother-approved. I know this one. I know that slogan. I don't, just don't remember what it is. Dave, can you give me a hint? No. Please? No. Please. It was also a board game. Kid-tested, mother-approved. You have five seconds. Four. <laughs> three. That's not helping. Dave. Two. You're supposed to give me a clue. I can't remember. One. The answer is? Life. Kicks. What? Boom. Kicks it's is not the life answer. Cereal? Oh, life was the one with um, Mikey. Yes. And he loses one because he, hey, there's nothing he worse wrongly, than right? being overly confident and um, <laughs> and you know arrogant and braggadocious, and then find out you were wrong. Well, now, here's one over to you. Slightly Ooh, more hey. difficult than the last ones, David. We're going to tempt your tummy with the taste of blank and blank oats and honey. Yes, and that cereal is. Oh, is that not it? Well, I mean, it. You've got to add those honey together nut, for oat, oats and honey. Makes what kind of cereal? <laughs> honey Nut Crunch. Oh gosh, that was just an embarrassing failure. I'm going to give you a quarter of point hey, there. Hey, what's the cereal? I, I don't know. You got to take the half point away from him for his. his what's the cereal? Maybe you're right. That's a net zero for you. Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, which Why believe it or not, honey, Honey Nut Cheerios is often the best selling cereal in America. I said it's one of my favorites. Hey, I know y'all are both Padres fans, but their pitcher has a no hitter through seven innings versus the Mets. So just uh, you probably never even heard of the guy because I mean you never hear Padres are so obscure these days. Pa- 
Colin mm. Cowherd plays a game where Are they he still lists in California? Catholic Padres versus San Diego Padres, and you have to guess, guess which is which. And it's almost Nobody impossible. Wins. Nobody wins. Yes. Odra Samar. Dis- hey, who's ahead I'm of this? I'm sorry. Check on ESPN. It's two to two. I'm going uh, to give you a couple of hard ones. Over to you, Nick. Um, blank, blank cereal. Crunchy barrels of fun for your breakfast. You'll love that crunch. Now, there's a hint in there, even if you don't know the slogan. Captain Crunch? Crunchy barrels of fun for your breakfast. You'll love that crunch. Barrels. I don't know. Barrels. Crunch barrels. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to trust your help now. <laughs> Just let me go ahead and say. I've never heard of crunch barrels. Barrels. And the there's answer, two words, right? Three, two, one barrels of crunch donkey kong cereal i've never heard of that now david if you take this that was a good clue though i just didn't realize that if you take this one you will win the game this is a breakfast cereal with a cowboy cartoon character who sang the song get along little blueberry critters get along um um cowboy bill no cereal (laughs) Blueberry That's bill. Not correct. Waffleos. Never heard of that. All right. Open. Hey, Donkey Kong really did have a cereal. It did. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And it, Mr. T had a cereal. Mr. T has. You know how I know Mr. T had a cereal? I've only. I've never saw it except one place. Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. At the beginning of the movie, he makes eggs and bacon, and makes a face out of it, and pours Mr. T cereal on top of it. I used to eat Mr. T cereal. Used to watch the Mr. T cartoon. Hey, apparently they also made C three POs. They did indeed. And a lot of those things are collector's items. Okay, guys, you get this question, you win. It's open mic. Here we go. One, two, three. Silly rabbit blanks are for tricks. tricks. I think David got that God, first. David Boom. wins the ball game. And I'm sorry to the podcast listeners whose eardrums just blew out. They had a Cabbage Patch Kid cereal? That was Chase's I'm favorite. sorry to the podcast listeners for David not getting Honey Nut Cheerios. What an embarrassment to cereal level. Yes, I think everywhere. that should Nintendo cereal a system. Point, and I should. I thought about taking a point off. That post, would have given you the win. It would have been very controversial. You might have deserved it. Insane uh, clown pebbles. Insane clown. Pebbles. I don't think that one was a real. And one. now it's time for real solid fibrous content, brought to you by <laughs> David McConnell. Real Good to the last drop keeps you regular. Did you say real, f- and theologically real solid fibrous. Accurate. Yes. See, there's a joke here about David being long-winded and an effect on your stomach. But All right. There is. Speaking of being constipated, Pothios.com. Nice. Sorry. <laughs> I think we can say that on the air. This I don't I don't actually. not lose our I've never read tag. an article uh, on Pothios. Oh, I wasn't I, worried about the family-friendly tag. That I, that I like. I guess you said you've read some things out there that are solid. It's Pretty. I'll, I'll just say it's pretty rare to find a Patheos article that lines up with biblical truth, but I don't think it's unheard of. I've okay. used them as a basically a faith Wikipedia before for specific generalities. And I well, there's a lot of stuff on there, and a lot of different religions on there too. It's not just a Christian site; it's a religious site. All right. Well, it definitely appears to be more uh, to the left of me. Yeah. So, so more um, uh, in the the liberal Christianity uh, vein. Uh, and which usually my 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 biggest issue there is 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 many of the guys who are who are kind of in that, and I want to paint with a too broad of a brush because I understand not everyone's going to fit this mold, but a lot of them are um, 
that, that just call into question things that to me are non-negotiables, like the inerrancy of Scripture, the authority of the Bible, hmm. and uh, and, uh, and and that's a that's a huge deal. But anyway, uh, a guy named Christian Piot in. 2012. So this is actually this is a couple years old, uh, but I just thought it was still um, kind of interesting, make for interesting discussion. Uh, he wrote an article called 10 Clichés Christians Should Never Use. And boy, oh boy. Uh, so these are 10 things that he says Christians uh, should lose these things. Um, he says these are um, uh, uh, phrases commonly associated with Christian, and um, and he thinks if these were stricken from our vocabulary, might make us a little bit more tolerable. Now, I actually find some things in here I agree with, some things I don't agree with, so I thought I'd read some of these. Uh, we won't spend a lot of time, uh, but to see uh, what you guys think, what's some of your take on, on these. So I probably, By the way, be gentle. Christian Piat is a Facebook friend of mine. Is he really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, I, like I said, I found some agreement here, and I found some non-agreement here, uh, but I uh, thought these would be interesting to uh, to delve into. So let's, let's – uh, I'm not going to go in any particular order, but uh, this one is uh, – um, speaking into the life of someone who is at a loved one that just passed away, saying he or she is in a better place now. Hmm. And uh, his argument is this may or may not be true. We have no real way of knowing. We may believe it, but to speak with such authority about something we actually don't know is arrogant. Plus, focusing on the passing of a loved one minis- minimizes the grief of the people they left behind. So what do you guys think? He or she is in a better place now. I think a lot of pastors use that as a platitude to comfort people when they really don't know the truth of the matter. That's and, my fear. Uh, that's that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I found some agreement with this one. I I think that um, you know we're in the southern part of the United States where um, we look, assume everybody's saved. Everybody, we're football is king. You <laughs> keep going. You um, row tight, tall, row tight. Uh, you, I don't know that you go to a funeral where people. Oh yeah, are haven't went to heaven. I mean, that's that's just everyone. I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the phrase. They're in a better place now. They're walking with the angels now, um, and you know, I've, I've got an angel looking over me now. Yeah, post. I, I've I've had to do um, I've had to do some funerals before um, where I was asked to do a funeral where I just did not know. You know, I did not know whether or not this person truly knew Christ. And and I believe that is, I believe there is one way and only one way to heaven through faith in Jesus Christ. And um, I believe that is the way that God has made. And so I've, I've had to do some funerals before where I just, you know, there wasn't clear if they truly mm-hmm. knew Jesus. And, and those are incredibly tough funerals to preach. Yes, they are. But uh, I, I think that, Chase, you and I have talked about this before, but I think there's sometimes this feeling among Christians that you need to say something. And so I know one of the ones you and I've talked about is when someone says, well, you know, God needed another angel. Oh, gosh. And uh, you stab me in the eyes. I'd rather you do that than, okay, no, I wouldn't. But I hate that expression. And, and you know, I think there Patently are... Patently untrue. Yeah, and I think, exactly, I think there are things that we say trying to, you know, maybe we think we're making someone feel better, but, um, uh, you know, that that doesn't really... Telling someone... Well, God took your loved one because He needed another angel. Yes, it's not biblically factual. Number one, and is not really bringing any kind of comfort to someone. Yeah, so. God doesn't have to kill people because He's lonely or needs something. Or yeah, He needs angels. Uh, all right, let's move on. You should come to church with me on Sunday. Now, uh, Christian says it's not that we should never invite people to church, but too much of the time, it's the first thing we do when we encounter someone new. 
He says, invest in people first. Listen to their stories. Learn their passions, their longings, and share the same about yourself. Then after you've actually invested in each other, try suggesting something not related to church to help you connect on a spiritual level. If the person really gets to know you, wants to know more about why you live the life the way you do, make a point to find out. Eventually, um, perhaps invite them to your church. Uh, So this is probably going along the lines of that's he's saying that's one of the first things he thinks a lot of Christians will do is meet someone to say, hey, you go to church anywhere, you should come to church with me. Well, my holdup with this is even short-term or long-term, you know, we are called to be disciples. Big big we, not me and the three of us in this room who, you know, have varying degrees of responsibility to church in leadership, but um, the the body of Christ, period, are supposed to, to spread the gospel. And too often, you know, we it's like fishing. Um, you know, I'll get a fish on the hook for my kids and let them reel it in kind of thing. And we, we like get somebody interested in what we're talking about and then bring them to our pastor to save them. Mm. And, and I just, you know, there's a couple of theological issues with that there, but that's my biggest concern about that. What do you think, Chase? I, I would like to meet the Christian, uh, cause I don't know them when the, the first thing out of their mouth, when they meet somebody new is to invite them to church. Uh, I do think that's, uh, a bit of a red herring that doesn't happen. Uh, at the same time, I think he's right. You do, uh, you, you do earn the right to do something like that through a relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. It shouldn't be the first thing out of your mouth, but I don't know that it ever is. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I definitely see where he's coming from. I don't have as much of a problem. I, I see. You know, I, I get with you, Nick. You know, ultimately, I think. You know, what you want to do is learn how to, I agree with him, invest in people's lives, learn about them. I don't think anybody wants to feel like they're your project. In other words, I don't think anyone wants to feel like, you know, they're, that that the relationship you're making with them is based on some end goal that you have, you know, mm-hmm. to get them to come to church right. or something like that. But at the same time, uh, I don't, you know, especially as people are growing in their maturity in Christ, I don't, I don't have a real, I don't have a problem with someone inviting someone to come to church with them, even someone they just met. So I don't think that's something that I would say, you need to take that out of your vocabulary. I do agree with his overall principle about find people, invest in their mm-hmm. lives, yes. and, um, and, 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 and maybe do that. Because maybe if you invite them to church and they say no, in your mind, that's the end of the relationship. And I don't think that should be it. I think you should look to invest in people. And, and so I agree with him there. I don't, I don't know that I would say that should be removed from our from – our, uh, uh, the way we speak. All right, here's one we may find some disagreement with. I do. If you died today, do you know where you'd spend the rest of eternity? <laughs> His answer is, no, I don't, and neither do you. Stop asking such a presumptuous question as this that implies you have some insider knowledge that the rest of us don't. And seriously, if your faith is entirely founded upon the notion of eternal fire insurance, you're not sharing testimony, you're peddling propaganda. All right, I'm going to say up front. Somebody I, didn't like youth ministry witnessing when they were. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say I don't like that question as a lead-off question. In other words, I don't like evangelism that centers around, if you die today, do you know where you would spend the rest of eternity? That's just not my particular brand of evangelism. I will say I don't agree with him to say, no, I don't, and neither do you. Uh, stop action, asking such presumptuous questions. Romans 8.16 says, the Spirit of God... The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I believe you can have assurance, and it seems to me like he is saying that you can't and that you can't possibly know where you would spend eternity. And I don't think that's factual. I believe that you can know uh, where you would spend eternity um, and and uh, that someone would know where you know they were going to heaven or hell based on their faith in Christ. So that part of it I don't agree with. Well, I think you can have assurance of salvation. 
Uh, I guess I'll be a little controversial here. I'll say that half of his statement is true. Um, the half where he says that uh, he he can't know that whether or not he's a Christian, um, or he doesn't know where he's going to spend eternity. Uh, essentially, Christian, and again, I say this rather gently, Christian rejects the lordship of Jesus. Uh, how do we know this? Uh, do you have number seven, question number seven on your list of questions to talk about? Yes, I was. Because oh, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun. But just to give you a preview, Christian rejects, Christian Piat rejects the, the lordship of Jesus. So uh, he could very rightly not at all have assurance of salvation because he doesn't believe Jesus to be Lord. Yeah, well, we might, let's go ahead and go to that one. Do you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, number seven? He says, again, this is not in the Bible anywhere. And for me, it goes against the whole Christ-like notion of the suffering servant. People tried to elevate Jesus to the status of Lord, but he rejected it. So why do we keep trying? Plus, the whole idea of a Lord is so antiquated, it has no real relevance to our lives today. Be more mindful of your words. That's so. I think we're, um, I think we're skipping over some parts of the Bible there. Uh, are we not? Well, it- you're, mm. Jesus very clearly identified himself as both Savior and Lord. Uh, one, yes. of, one of the favorite passages uh, of a lot of um, uh, left-leaning Christians, and it's one of my favorite passages too, uh, is Matthew 25, 31 through 46. And Matthew 25, 31 through 46 is all about uh, feeding this, the, the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, uh, giving water to the thirsty, taking care of people in prison, which Jesus is all about that stuff. But when you read Matthew 25, 31 through 46, you find out that Jesus, who is the Son of Man, starts the parable this way. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne, and essentially he will judge everybody and send some to heaven and some to hell. That's Jesus talking about himself and what he's coming to do. And to say that I'm going to sit in judgment over the entirety of the human race is uh, just one of the thousand ways that Jesus identified himself as Lord and judge. Yeah, I think there's, you know, I think there's a... um I think there's a misinterpretation there. Jesus very clearly did not allow the people of that day to elevate him to the status of a human king or the king exactly. of a human government at that time, because that was not his purpose in coming. That was not what he was coming for at that moment. He was establishing his kingdom, which was not of this world. Um, and I say establishing it, making it known. Um, and then, you know, through the cross, the establishment of our salvation. So, um, you know, but he said, Romans fourteen eleven says, surely as I live, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God, every knee is going to bow before Christ, um, and and very clearly, um, every person will um, will admit He is Lord. But even when He was here in John chapter nineteen, as He was standing before uh, Pilate, He said, "You know, Pilate says, do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you?'" And Jesus answered, "You have no authority over me unless it has been given you from above." Jesus, Jesus made it clear that he was in control and he was Lord. Um, but in his meekness, he held back on establishing a human, uh, a human kingship at that time because that wasn't what he came for. So uh, lump number seven. Um, I started jumping around this guy's. I got to the bottom of the page. I started looking at his other things. This guy's got some interesting 
interesting articles. Uh, let's just do a couple more. We'll we'll move on. But um, I think I actually found I got I got one. I agree with him on number ten. Will all of our visitors please stand? Oh, that's awful. Yeah, I, I hate agree. that. <laughs> please don't do that. Hey, to if somebody's here, finally brave church. enough to yeah. walk through the doors of your church, the last thing they want to do is be singled out. Oh gosh, I actually that's agree with so that one. Terrible. I actually agree with that one. Um, uh, so uh, let's see. They need to stand up and introduce themselves. Is what you're saying? <laughs> no, the please whole you know, that. fill out the visitor card. Please stand if you're a visitor. Uh, now, you don't have a problem with you filling out a visitor's card, but not to then single out the visitors and have them stand yes. and introduce themselves and be welcomed. I don't even like the reverse of that, where everybody else stands except the visitors. It's still singling people still out. Still singling, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so uh, there's one more I want to do here. Uh, oh, this one will be good. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> Reform guy number one. Uh, it's true. It's so cliche, though. It's just not. I don't even know if it's worth saying. Okay, so you're saying, hey, it is true, but uh, let's not say it. I do. I do believe all things work together for the good of those who know uh, and are called according to his calling, Romans eight twenty eight. But uh, it is saying it that way is is really cliche. I think I'm. I'm think I'm with Christian here that we probably don't need to say it quite that way. So he agrees with it. But you just shouldn't say it. No not problem. that way. I I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a fan of the cliched form of the phrase. Well, and that's the problem with all of these. You you have things that. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Not all of these things. Excuse me. With yeah, with what has become cliche. I know you may fall asleep at part of that, but we didn't. no. We don't what I did. Okay, <laughs> look. Don't call me out. What I did is I my ADD did kick in, and I started. I got to the bottom and said, "You may also like." And I started. Ooh, emergent Christians cliches to avoid. Ooh, five new Christian cliches. And so I started reading the other articles. And one of the other ones, he says, um, "Things you shouldn't say." Christianity is the only way to God. Okay, and so. Um, I'm, I, I kind of just went to the bad place, and I had to censor myself. But hey, well, I wouldn't say that either. I would say Jesus. I wouldn't say Christianity. Well, I, I understand what he's trying to do is is basically keep. I understand what he is trying to accomplish with a lot of these, trying to avoid the silly, trying to avoid the things that we get ripped apart in culture about. Yes, but you know, it, and you guys pushed me on this when we when we got to to the church here is you know you become so counter anything that that you're not it. And, you know, for all the good reasons to push away from the silly, be a force for change in them rather than go, oh, I'm not those guys. I'm this new kind of. It's the people that say, you don't want to come to church as usual, come to my church. And it's like, <laughs> that that stuff just kind of. Yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I think. I wondered the wisdom of it. I think his point to his point is that we, you know, you, you can't narrow down you know there are some there are sayings that we have quite silly sayings i think some of them that if if we really stop and think or maybe if you even ask somebody there's no real biblical backing for it's just something that traditionally we've heard people say and i think you should test all things and consider all things and consider what's being said that even if it sounds good it may not be helpful or true um you know and and but you know, obviously, theologically, um, I've got a lot of disagreement with uh, – this is huge if if you have somebody saying, Christ, you know, Jesus is not the only way and yeah. and that um, and, and that Jesus was not Lord, nor did he try to make himself to be Lord. Uh, but I think for Christians, Chase, you actually put a, a tweet out this morning from the Gospel Friends site 
uh, from Spurgeon, our own words are mere paper pellets compared with the rifle shot of the word. The scripture is the conclusion of the whole matter. I think as Christians, we'd be, we'd be really well served to get more into the word and, and learn to speak to people with the counsel of the word rather than short little pithy sayings that we may have heard over the years that that may actually not be based in truth or very helpful. Oh, I so agree with that. One of the commenters on this article is apparently a lady named Sarah Phillips. She says, when my son died, I heard all the platitudes. One of the most painful was some variation of this was God's plan. And look, I, I believe God is sovereign. At the same time, People out there, your, your friend, your family member is dealing with a death in the family, please don't give them a pithy saying or a platitude or a one-sentence thing to comfort them. You'll feel better in a few days. Don't worry. God's got a plan. Don't do that. That's just, it's not that easy when people are going through death to just be able to say one sentence and you feel better and they feel better. If you want to be a friend to them, sit with them, serve them, love them, listen to them. Try you don't you're not going to fix what they're going through with a simple word. You're going to help them through it over time. And if you don't have the time to do that, maybe just back away and and don't say clichés. They do more harm than good. Yeah, and, and I think that avoid the avoid the thought that you always have to have an answer. It, you, you don't. I think that was one of the first pieces of advice that I got when I, when I was getting into ministry by a, a mentor of mine is, if you don't know, just mm-hmm. say you don't know. Just mm-hmm. it, it, you you know, even as a pastor, people look to you, and there's kind of this pressure of, well, you're supposed to know. You're supposed to know all the answers, but it's okay to say, I just don't know. Uh, I was thinking about Job's friends, Job chapter two. There's a verse where it says that they got to Job after all those things that happened to him. It says they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. No one said a word, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. They were just there for him. Yes. And and really where they got in trouble is after that when they started trying to help him figure out why everything had happened and explaining things to them. Sometimes you just need to be there. You're... Your presence will speak more than anything else, and, and, and even if, if people are looking to you to give them answers, it's okay to say I don't know and just be there for them um, and, and avoid the um, overstepping the bounds or overstepping and getting into unbiblical waters. Yep. All right, guys, I think that's uh, probably it for that list. So uh, I don't know who we're up to next. We are up to Teoli, or Take It or Leave It. Uh, I think because we're just a little bit behind on time, we're only going to do two today, two Take It or Leave It's, and and then we're going to get to Nick's discussion. So I'm going to give you guys a category. You choose the category, and inside of that Easter egg, you're going to find a story to comment on. Your first choice is between A, category Face Phone, which is odd. B, <laughs> category as the Osteen turns. Which one would you like you to tell talk us about? What, what it was afterwards? I will. Okay, I've got to go Osteen, but I want to know what face phone is. Why are you looking at me when you say Osteen? Oh, because it's going to be fun for you. Okay. Well, you are his biggest fan. Uh, don't you? Don't you still have the fan club membership packet? I do. Okay. So, are you? Are you in agreement? Yes. Let's Osteen, Osteen. turns. Okay. I'm face phone hey, I, on my real, personal website. 
real quick, I saw somebody post, I think it was yesterday today on Twitter, they said, Richard Dawkins is to atheism what Joel Osteen is to Christianity. Yeah, that was us that posted that. Did you post that? <laughs> well, it was the gospel. Friends Did you retweet it? Okay, <laughs> the gospel. It was us. It was. Well, I can't remember where I'd seen her, and I retweeted oh, okay. it. Okay, yeah, right. but actually, I mean, you knew. Keep that in mind, it was born of Okay, you knew it was good, and you read it somewhere. Well, yeah. I keep keep in mind that I follow Piper separate from the. Yeah, gospel. so, so, so very maybe well you saw you saw it originally there. Yeah, you could have. Here's what Facephone <laughs> was all about: a New York <laughs> City restaurant that's very busy, but is getting some complaints on Yelp for being slow in service. Went back 10 years ago to their yeah, old video this. surveillance and found out essentially that because people have phones now, it takes them almost twice as yeah. much time yep. from 2004 to 2014 to order, pay their bill, etc., wow. because they're fruiting around on their phones. Well, and it's, you know, they'll get their all check their text messages before they ever pick up a menu, take selfies, and... Hey, you see... It's funny. You see in drive throughs now where they'll say, please put your phone down while ordering. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, and, that, and where that's coming from. I know we got to move on, but I, I tell you guys, one of the saddest things for me, and, and I'll admit that I have been part of this problem for a while, but it, take it... Next time you go out to eat, just take a moment and look around at all the tables mm-hmm. and look at how many families with kids and, and, and just husband and wives are sitting there uh-huh. not paying attention to each other, not talking to each other, but on their phones, kids on their tablets, dads ignoring their families. It's so sad. Take a look at your own. I mean, look, I was doing it. I have, I've tried to make this practical habit now of just putting my phone in the car when we go into a restaurant, but I saw it yesterday uh, at, a, at not a fancy place. just at a Chick-fil-A and just how many, families are not talking they're just sitting there yeah. on their phones uh and and we we're losing something as a society because of that i love technology i'm a technology guy but we're losing something in society because of that we're, we're you talking know what? i think you guys just cheated you you commented on the story you passed <laughs> oh i didn't even mean to do that's that like that's totally funny. against the rules i'm well, gonna have to talk with the game master here well, and since see we're if there a penalty going into the new school year we, me and lisa are intentionally trying to figure out how we're going to organize our weeks. And we have both said one of the things we're going to do is when I get home from work, be intentional about even our gadgets go away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. My mom gave me a, my mom yesterday, it was a better ass. She gave me an envelope of, it was an article for fun summer games with your kids. Nice. And, um, and it was just things that you get out in the, it, in, in the article, it was talking about how, Hey, get back out there and recapture summer. And, you know, it was stuff like wheelbarrow <laughs> races and oh, wow. water balloon relays and just things that maybe you remember as a kid getting out and doing these things. And, and uh, it was talking about, hey, re- reclaim summer, reclaim your family time, put the gadgets down, get outside and play. It's, it's easy to get lost. In. But anyway, so as the Osteen the turns. article you chose, <laughs> as the Osteen turns, uh, there is a it's website. I'm just going to let you know. This is not the happy place for you, but it makes a good point. And I want to ask you guys if uh, you think this is an appropriate point. The website is thirdworldosteen.com. And by the way, I have no idea how to properly pronounce uh, Joel Osteen's name. I assume I've it's Osteen, Osteen, but uh, I don't do a whole lot of uh, watching of him. But this is by Dustin Germain uh, from the Pulpit and the Pen, pulpitandpen.org. Third World Osteen contains tweets of pictures of people in desperate circumstances along with wonderful quotes from everybody's favorite um, 
dealer of platitudes and uh, uplifting statements. For instance, there is a uh, starving, very obviously handicapped man lying in the dust uh, under an Osteen quote that says, don't get comfortable where you are. There's something bigger, something better, something more rewarding in front of you. And essentially, it's a picture of this man who is in terrible shape, scrapping in the dirt, drinking water with a very real Joel Osteen tweet with it. Uh, I'll ask you guys, is this fair play? Do you like this or do you lump it? Obviously, he's using satire to make a point. Is it fair? Is it good? Is it right? Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> Look, I mean, I want to I want to give the fan club member his. Um, I think it is probably fair. Um, I, as I'll say this. I'm not. Um, I think we need in our theology a place for suffering and the role of trials and difficulties in our lives and in the lives of people. And I think that the the reason for that is because the Bible places uh, an emphasis on that. The Bible even talks about how God may allow trials to come into your life mm-hmm. for the purpose of molding and shaping and, and refining you. And so I think that's one of the big problems with the... Um, gospel movements that are centered on health and wealth and prosperity, and that you know, look, if you're going through a difficult time, it's only because you don't have enough faith. Um, and so, I, you know, I think that we need a, a a place in our theology for that and that understanding. And I think that we need to be reminded that the Bible tells us to go to the poor and to help them and yes. to be generous and to sacrifice. And I think that if you're teaching and preaching and you're not making a place for that, if 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 your message is primarily inspiration and about trying to help people be a better them or you know fill up their hopes and you're leaving out the call to missions, then I think that uh, you are lacking. Third and final thing is <laughs> I don't ever think it's great to just take someone out of context. And and this this is I, I don't agree with Joel Osteen's theology. I don't um I, I don't preach or teach or lead the way he does. I don't doubt he loves Jesus and if so, he's a brother in Christ, and I don't want to be too judgmental there because the Bible says let's not judge another servant. Um if I had his ear, it would be make a place in your theology for suffering, make a place in your theology to point the church where they need to go. It's not all about inspiration and hope, although I think that should be part of our teaching. But I think too many times with Osteen and what I see with him is it is, you know, like this. You're God's biggest deal. You're not average. You're not mediocre. Mm-hmm. He's destined you to leave your mark on this generation. Well, you just made, you just made the whole gospel man-centered. It's not. It's Christ-centered. It's not about, you're not God's biggest deal. Jesus is God's biggest deal. Uh, we, we were average. We were mediocre. We were lost and depraved and heading to hell until God intervened and united us with Jesus. Jesus is a big deal. And if we're united to him, we're a big deal. So I have, I have issues with platitudes like that. Um, I don't think they're deep enough or true enough. I'm trying to decide if I want to 
engage in old-fashioned Nick and David rant debates with you or not. But, but hey, taking out someone out of context and placing it on a picture, I, I don't know. Yeah. I said it's fair, but I guess you can make case it's not. Yeah, it, this this one reminds me of the um, the thing you see on Facebook a lot where you've got Joel and Victoria Osteen at the top frame. And I guess it's – is it Al Mohler on one corner of it and Piper on the other? And, you know, Osteen's just got this platitude about – goodness and you and awesomeness and and one of the guy on the bottom left frame is going wait what and then piper on the, the bottom right is going because he hasn't read this yet and, and <laughs> that's awesome i guess the thing i we've you know we've had good natured debates about this on on other shows and and outside of here but i don't wonder when we when we draw lines on this stuff it doesn't look like we're eating our own into those that we would want to bring in you know, do we ostracize someone that needs us in their life because we rant against Osteen when maybe we could kind of counterpoint it rather than put him over there and make him, you know, put him on the dartboard and start throwing darts. Yeah. That's, that's just, and look, I, I like making him a punching bag because it's, it's funny to me and my core group, but it, it is one of those things that when it gets outside of us and here, kind of going ha 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 we know what we mean when it's maybe the average parishioner who sees us making him a punchline and you know yes it's not it's kind of what you're saying it's not the full gospel you know i'm i don't doubt that he loves jesus but when they see us making him a punchline does that do as much negative for the gospel as as what he's doing and that that's the stuff I struggle with on this stuff, and you know I fall on the wrong side of it a lot. So I don't know who this guy is. I, I'm going to lump it in general. I don't know if this guy's a Christian and he's trying to get Osteen's, you know, kind of point out. Uh, to uh, my understanding, it's uh, done by Dustin Germain, who is a believer. Okay, uh, and I think he is juxtaposing the non-gospel sayings of, of Osteen with the deep gospel need of a lost and and, so, and in some cases desperately poor world. I, you know, I, I, again, I, I just, I know there are people in my camp, I would call it my camp over here, you know, my theological camp of, you know, um, uh, Reformed theology. Although, you know, according to Chase, some people are not going to consider me Reformed because I'm a continuationist, but... Uh, besides that, I um, <laughs> I told you I I completely disagree with the notion that uh, reform people have to be cessation. I still I still think Joel you know based on you know he loves Jesus he claims Christ so he's a brother in Christ uh, again I think he's I just don't think he preaches a full gospel um, I don't I I don't see that from him he even says he feels this is the ministry he's been given a ministry of inspiration well I don't I don't see that I don't we're given the ministry of the gospel and you need to teach the full counsel of God as as Paul told the elders of Ephesus so you know he he needs to widen that I think but um if I'm his brother I'm more concerned about praying for him about that and 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 there may be a point where I need to bring some type of public correction. But this seems to be more of a, like Nick is saying, throwing darts, and I'm not sure um, that this is the, the best loving way to go around it. Well, you guys may be, might be right. I'll say this. I, 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 think, uh, I think this is fair. My view, I think it's fair. I think it uh, is satire. 
I don't see anywhere that it particularly attacks the or impugns the character of Osteen. I do think it points out the very, very large holes and flaws in his teaching. Uh, and and I, I would hope that it would be something that God would use to call him to repentance and to uh, a biblical-based theology. Um, I will say this. Uh, it, we, we just tweeted on our account a link to uh, if suffering is a big issue for you, a big deal for you, um, and it is for so many people, we just tweeted out something that I think is really good news for people suffering, uh, a list of resources from a man named Randy Alcorn uh, on the Eternal Perspective Ministries blog. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, just go back to Sunday's tweets, uh, July 20th, and you'll see that there. Probably tweet it again later on the week, too. All right, guys, only, only have time for one more. I'm going to give you a kind of a choice between two. Uh, do you want to uh, choose between movie trailers and like or lump one of those, or do you want to choose between uh, discussion points? And then I'll give you either two discussion points, or I'll give you two movie trailers. Which one's more intriguing to you? Uh, I say we say movie trailers and, and then, then talk about discussion points. I like that. So we're hitting okay. both of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah, same. and fooling him. Well, you guys yeah. got to realize we're running out of time, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna say let's do the, it's movie, the tra- movie trailers. Hey, 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 you can't do that. Let's do, do the that. movie trailers. No, you can't say that. Which one? You can't you can't pick. Well, which one do you want? I think we should do movie trailers. I'm gonna stab trailers. you <laughs> on air. It'll be the first ever podcast stabbing. Okay. Uh, do you want to do Moses the movie trailer or do you want to do Unbroken the uh, movie I've already trailer? seen Moses, so Oh really? I hadn't seen it. I was gonna say I want to see Moses. Well, let's see Moses. It's fun. All right, Nicholas, podcast master, it's time to pause the show. All right, I would go see that tonight. Look, I'm going to see it. Um, When I saw the trailer for Noah, I was not overwhelmed by it. I was like, oh, interesting. Um, That I want to see. It it looks like uh, Prince of Egypt grown up. Yeah, and look, let me give my caveat here. Sure. I don't go to Hollywood-based movies (laughs) expecting... Biblical accuracy. Biblical accuracy. Right. I don't. Novel I, concept. I, you know, and, and it's, to me, I can, you know, um, I haven't seen Noah. I really, I guess in all honesty, it just hasn't seemed to interest me. I've seen a lot of, I know a lot of Christians that went and saw it and said, hey, waste of money wasn't wasn't accurate. Uh, I actually, I had some friends of mine, uh, some family members who went and said, if it had been called the Epic of Gilgamesh, it had been great. So, you know, it was it kind of ruined it for them, that not not being biblically accurate. And I get that. And, and, and in all honesty, that may be something I should, you know, maybe I should, deal. may be a bigger deal. But to me, hey, look, Hollywood's putting it out. I understand we're probably not going to get. Now, if a Christian group's putting it out, that's a different story to me. Right. But, uh, hey, it looked pretty cool. And uh, Batman's Moses, so. <laughs> that was your biggest takeaway that Christian Bale. You don't get to say that very often. Batman is Moses. No, and you know Batman's a big friend of ours here at the Hall of Dogma, so it's a oh, good deal for him making well, Calvinist it. Calvinist Batman is. Uh, does Calvinist Batman follow us on Twitter yet? No, I'm hoping us mentioning him though will put us over the top. I don't under, I, make sure to tag. I mean, in, to in me, Calvinist post. Batman fits so well in the Hall of Dogma. Yeah, I'm not surprised Arminian Superman doesn't follow us, but Calvinist Batman. Is... Hey, we we should probably put Nick on um, our Arminian Superman God, before Nick's, Nick reali- real before Arminian. Nick realizes he's not really Arminian. Oh my lord, are we doing this again? Look, I almost when you were talking about the Osteen thing, it it almost we almost sparked the whole. We did me you, and David have had did some. Did you classic... almost go nuclear? No, Lord. Oh. I don't do that as much as y'all. 
allude hey, that I sometimes would. Sometimes I'm like um, Tony Stark in the Avengers. Poking the Hulk with a stick. Until there's a fight. <laughs> yeah. trying to see. Waiting to see. And then looking. Nugging him. Yeah, but there's no character development in the Avengers. There's no kind of really figuring out what really drives it. I'm sorry. Truth is, I probably shouldn't do that as a brother in Christ. You know? All right. I, lo- I, think, I, I like think your co-elder over there. You like it. I like okay. it. I Nicholas, like that. to you, again, with similar caveats to David, if I'm not expecting you. <laughs> leave the man's cup alone. I'm not going to knock my Mountain Dew off. He's a man should not adjust another man's cup. Thank you. He's going Whoa. to knock it over in my lap. <laughs> Since you're not alert. careful. <laughs> We're talking about a cup of Mountain Dew. So what, what do you think about the uh, the movie there? Again, kind of similar, taking in the vein of Noah. I want to see it. Um, there's some of the, the stuff in the trailer. I want to see how the scenes. <laughs> All right, boys, quit. I'm not sure cool. what y'all are doing over there. Um, I want to see some of the scenes from the trailer in context of the film, because the way they lay them out in the trailer, I'm like, that didn't happen when that happened, um, but it looks it looks intriguing. Nick Batman's in it. Yeah, I, know. I said I'm going to see it. I'm, I'm giving my caveat. Okay, can I give a caveat? Okay. okay, I mean just all right. Just for the record, I'm not sure whether I'm going to like this or not. It looks like a decent movie, but it certainly looks like a fight film between Moses and Rams, Pharaoh, yeah. and that there's a the the culmination of the movie is the big battle scene between That's the what Hebrews makes me nervous. and the Egyptians, which I mean. You know, I'm open for a little bit of interpretation, but that's yeah. The scene where it, it the the trailer is cut together to show it like Ramesses and and Moses are leading chariots at one another. What I'm hoping is that's one of those scenes from them as young adults where you know they're doing these war games or something. I'm hoping it's just cut to make the trailer exciting. But again. Why would you think they would be making it biblically? Uh, like I'm just saying, they're uh, going to expound on it. They're going to put the and, and the I same. get it. if 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 that ruins it for a, an individual, and they say, "Look, I can't see this because we're taking something that's in, the, in the Bible and we're just," I, I'm I understand that position. I just again, I'm not expecting them to be biblically accurate, so. I'm not going to get upset about that. I understand. I don't. Well, it's like sure. John Piper tweeted earlier. It is a sad day when the gospel friends no longer care about <laughs> biblical fidelity. I agree with my friend John Piper there. It is a sad day. I care I'm about biblical hearted. fidelity. I'm just messing around. But I'm not expecting... You don't expect it out of Hollywood, I'm not neither expecting, do I. If, I, and I. If you're I'm, a non-Christian making a Christian movie, I'm not going to get mad if it's I not think biblically we accurate. boycott all movies here. You haven't even seen The Great Outdoors no, with John I Candy. I so. haven't seen Noah, so... Alas, well, that's it for Take It or Leave It. That means we go over to Nicholas for his uh, highly technology-focused <laughs> topic. Well, it, it doesn't have to be technology-focused. It's more of just kind of a, a – it's a launching point for discussion, really. Um, our buddy Kevin, um, Dr. Septim, uh, sent me – we've talked in Carpool a couple of times about different streaming services. I want to see um, a college football streaming service because we don't have cable at the house. Um, you know, I, me and my, my family, we utilize Netflix a lot. I'm an Audible subscriber. We've talked about, hey, if Amazon leveraged their book catalog to do a Spotify type thing, that would be a sweet deal. Um, we either have all have Kindles or Kindle apps and things like that. We try to read. Um, but, you know, a library card kind of thing on your portable device would be nice. Yeah. Um, Kindle released Kindle Unlimited this week. 
$10 a month for, I think it's 600,000 digital books and about 150,000 audiobooks. Yep. Um, cool deal. Um, but it just, you know, anytime one of these things happens, it goes, ooh, I want that service. Where am I going to get the money? <laughs> and look, I, <laughs> I know it's only 10 bucks, and the listeners are going to do this 10 bucks. quit complaining. But we do try to be. That's the difference between me and you and Chase, because Chase is like, ooh, I want that. I have the money. <laughs> you all chase all it's a joke among all oh, of us sure. that chase always seems to find the money for tech stuff look we, mm. chase will walk in one sunday like two or is three that sundays not true, captain chase will walk for in y'all. two or three sundays after the new apple gadget release i'll be like hey i've been wanting to play with one of those can i see <laughs> i will say in in captain crunchy's defense he did he did keep the original ipad <laughs> For, for a long time. A long time. Yes, he did. Now, he had every hard. iPhone and Android <laughs> phone made to man in between that time, but iPad-wise, he stayed with I the... I can't uh, remember. What kind of phone does he carry now? It's back to an iPhone. Oh, that's right. The I have one. a problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no comment. Um, but but we do. We you know, Lisa and I will try to kind of figure out what fits where in, in the budget. And so it got me thinking, first of all, is, is this something that's compelling to either of y'all, this kind of subscription book thing? Well, I'll say this. I'm looking through. Uh, it's very compelling to sure. me. I have tons of Kindle books. A lot of times what I'll do is uh, I'll, I'll check out uh, chalice.com, 10 Chalice's okay. site, uh, just about every day for great deals on Kindle books, uh, sometimes free deals. So I, I love Kindle books, yeah. love Kindle, love Amazon. I'm a huge fan of all of those things. Uh, but and $10 a month is about the right price. Yes, sir. But you're going to have to give me a better selection. That's so far, no Tim Keller books, no John Piper books, no uh, Wayne uh, Grudem books. And, and honestly, uh, I can get a Joel Osteen most in- uplifting quotes book, but apparently I don't get any books by Joel Osteen, which is fine with me, of course. <laughs> but I'm still a little surprised that I'm not finding a lot of Christian authors on authors on. Here. See, I guess I'm not surprised because they what it looks like they did, and they did this with Amazon Music. Is they is it looks like they got the deals they needed to to launch the service and and get people looking. And so if you look at that front page, they're they're advertising Lord of the Rings, which is popular right now. They're advertising Hunger Games, which the movies are still almost completed. They're advertising Harry Potter, which for better or worse, that that you know story has stood the test of time for people who want to want to read it and have it digitally and whatnot but like even harry potter is not one of the audiobooks and so it's just you start to dig it the idea seems interesting but you yeah. dig into it i would do it if it was a, if it was a good deal but it, it would have to hit the books that i'm wanting to read yeah. and and quite honestly I, I just actually uh for my um birthday uh earlier this month uh i ordered a, a kindle white paper paper white Paperwhite, Paperwhite, thank yeah. you. Sorry. Good try. Uh, uh, Nick had one, and I really uh, I liked it. And I had a Kindle app on my iPad, but uh, yeah. I just, man, I mean, this thing is just so smooth, and being able to read at night, it's got that backlight. You can do that on the iPad, but it's like it's like having a television sitting on, your, really on your chest, you know, and, and uh, you can read out in the sun. Uh, I think 1,100 books is what it'll hold. And so, Sounds right. I just and I've gotten it and love it. the The battery life on it is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was a little over a hundred bucks, um, but to me, it's well worth it. Yeah. You know, and it. Uh, I mean, again, like I, I want to say, it was. I mean, the thing like lasts for a few weeks. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I I've had it since uh, July six or so, and I haven't charged it yet. I haven't right. had to recharge it yet. Um, so and and but I mean, you know, again, it's got to hit the books I want. And quite honestly, uh, like right now, um, I've been listening. You know, Piper and. Um, a couple other guy I was listening to a couple of weeks ago, a th- theologian, Michael Reeves, um, I think from the UK. 
really just pushing getting into some of the Puritan writings. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and that I've went out and downloaded a couple of guys they recommended. Actually, right now reading um, uh, Jonathan Edwards' um, Religious Affections. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, most of that stuff is 99 cents out on uh, right. out on Kindle. And so Jonathan I, Edwards is my favorite Puritan. Um, that was a joke. That was a joke. That was yes. a little Puritan humor that there some, for you. Yes, he was not the uh, he was not the Puritan. I, I didn't mean to run those two together, but uh, but they um, uh, you know most of the stuff that I'm I'm reading right now is not uh, is not you know I don't need a subscription for it a buck you know and it's mine. Yeah, that's the thing that got me on a lot of them. As much as I read, I was interested in it for the audiobooks, depending on how many they have. Um, but for as much as I read. I can get enough books for a month for less than $10, usually on, on the kind of sales that you guys are talking. The other thing that made me made me wonder about because when I start trying to redo the budget, it makes me think of the services that you use. And this is more kind of behind the curtain of the gospel, friends. But what are like the top three subscription services you guys like can't live without? Um, subscription services that we have? Do you all utilize any? I have uh, Kindle, uh, excuse me, uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Also have Prime, uh, yeah, which Prime. Is, and I can't uh, live without Prime. I'll yeah, Prime, indubitably, and and we're even, you know, we're buying more movies now that way. I mean, it's on Amazon. Oh yeah, yeah, we're buying, you know, because you you can um, now. I mean, with the televisions, um, they have the apps built into them, and yeah. so you got yeah TV with an app built in. Um, I still can't bring myself to buy a digital movie. Still, I, I look, there's so much, you know, like even like my daughter. You know, Frozen, obviously huge. You know, but that the Frozen movie is almost you know Blu-ray, twenty-five to thirty bucks. Yeah, and uh, it's it's I think it's uh, fourteen uh, for HD download. But see, the thing is, if I buy it for twenty-five, I've got a Blu-ray from worth the house. I've got a DVD copy for when we're in the van that the kids can scratch and beat the tar up. And then we have a. Did the Blu-rays come with a DVD copy? If you buy them, usually either within the first two weeks or after about six weeks, <laughs> there's a there's a window. Okay. Um, you can get them for usually twenty or twenty five dollars. If you see so that would be the patient. only thing to me that would sway it because other than that, I mean, you got it on the t- TV. You can take it with you on the tablet. So you, you go to the beach. You can you can download those. Either you can you do Wi-Fi and watch it on tablet. At yeah. The, you know, on vacation. Take your Chromecast with you. Uh, Amazon Prime now you can even download. I think some of those too, but it doesn't have to be. Doesn't that have to be on a Kindle? No, I was talking about the the, the video. Oh, it may be. Yeah, you're right. I think yes. it has to be on a Kindle Fire for that. You're right. But the other ones you could do Wi-Fi. Okay. Um, by the way, the Heart of Christ, Thomas Goodwin, was the book that I was talking about Is that good? earlier. Nice. Uh, well, that, I haven't started that one yet because I was reading the Jonathan Edwards. Okay. But I, I believe old Goodwin is a Puritan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got Netflix. Can't live without that. I, love uh, I mean, at least uh, I, you know, it, as far as money spent, it's it's a good one. Uh, I've got Amazon Prime. I will say uh, I'm a huge fan of Logos. Maybe on another show we'll talk about that because I can't fit my love for Logos into sixty seconds or less. <laughs> That's. Uh, I have logos, Awkward. but I do not have the extensive library on there that you have. So um, that's uh, I have Netflix as well. As a matter of fact, we use that for our uh, cable. Uh, we don't do cable. We just have Netflix and and we do uh, Amazon Prime. Um, and uh, and I, I have a logos account as well. But again, I don't think I have quite the extensive collection that you do. 
Well, I'm ashamed to say. I'm, I'm a little jealous of your, <laughs> but hopefully not in a coveting way. I hope not. But I have I have invested a lot in Logos books, and That's I'm not ever going to be able to use all of them. But I sure do like the ones I have. I saw it. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to read all the Kindle books. I have. By the way, I saw a uh, subscription this week that you can. Uh, Chally's actually talked about this, I believe, but a uh, subscription service where um, they will give you book summaries. Have you oh, seen that? I did not see that. That's yeah, it's. Well, you know, I looked at it, and uh, I guess, I mean, I kind of had some mixed, um, I kind of had some mixed feelings about it. I mean, on one hand, you know, like you're paying people to read for you, but uh, I think, I can't, I think kind of the, the biggest deal was, uh, you know, is they were just talking about, hey, all, all these new books out there, and you don't, you don't have time to dive into them, but you hear people talking about them, and so, you know, they'll give you these Cliff Notes versions every month, go out there and get the summaries for it, and uh and then you know you'll you'll kind of have an idea of what's going on. Um, I don't have the Chally's post in front of me, but uh, I, so I don't know the name of the service. But uh, it was I think I, I want to say it ran at least ten dollars a month. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'll say this quick plug for an ebook. Uh, if you've never, if you guys never read Charles Spurgeon, uh, old school guy, man, he's such a good writer. The greatest fight in the world is his last address to pastors. Uh, sometimes it's called the Final Manifesto. Hey, go read it. It's it's free online in a lot of different places. Man, it is stirring. Oh, it's hmm. so good. You know the the uh, book you you bought me for my birthday a few years ago, the the essential works of Charles Spurgeon, I think it was. Um, has been awesome. It's got a lot, a lot of sermons in there and some biographies of him, and I absolutely love that book. He is absolutely an uh, underrated writer. Although I am thinking about buying it for the Kindle because the book is humongous. <laughs> it is yeah. And it's not, you can get it on Kindle for like $12. <laughs> I was thinking about switching. See, whenever, because I bought Grudem's Systematic Theology on your recommendation back in the day, and I thought about buying it on Kindle, but that was one of those books that I actually bought physical because I thought I would use it more to study out of. And now I think I'm going to end up buying it on digital, so I'll actually read it. Because <laughs> that's the thing. It's, it's whether it's, you know, my, even my iPhone, I'll hop on my library, even if I forget my Kindle, put it on the phone. St- I don't know. It's just too easy. So anyway, I just kind of, I thought about that and, you know, just how we spend our, our time. I thought I'm always interested in kind of what, when I listen to pastors, things like, what do you guys read? What do you guys do for entertainment? So uh, that'd be fun. By the way, booksataglance.com. Is the uh, books at a glance dot com? You get uh, one to two book summaries every week cool. um, that you can read in approximately. Bosh and Flimshaw, read your books. Boys uh, and girls. You can get in approximately ten minutes. Good um, zoom Call me a nerd. Uh, so hey, while Nick looks up our uh, voicemail of the yeah. week uh, from a, a listener of the show and a caller, I do want to point out a very amusing tweet. That we uh, we've got a ton of tweets this week, but one of them in particular stood out as funny um, from uh, our friend, the caretaker man in Australia. David, what did he have to say to us this week? Uh, well, uh, caretaker man on Twitter, uh, uh, Baptist Fixer, Baptist Fixer is uh, at Baptist Fixer, I believe. We'll check that, double check, make sure. That's right. But uh, his tweet said, "As I clean out our sanctuary chairs, I'm reminded to be thankful that I don't work for Whitetail Chapel in Virginia." Now, that's funny to us because we know the context. But very briefly, what is the well? Context in a previous of that episode, we talked about a basically a, um, for lack of a better term, it's a nude church in Virginia. Um, they they uh, believe that naked, is, not new, uh, nude. Is just, what in, I said. just in case somebody you know, okay, a naked you. naked church. <laughs> they believe that 
I thought you said naked church. I'm like, wait, what? Why are we talking? Well, we're in the south, but we're, the, we're not in the naked deep south. That says they that. believe oh. that uh, nudity is the great equalizer, <laughs> I and uh, don't think nudity is worse. Uh, that they believe that's the great equalizer among humans, and that all I think they said something about all the great um, events of the Bible. Many of them happen with people in the nude. Yeah. And so anyway, you're free to go to their church. Uh, the pastor preaches in the nude, only covered up by those uh, red flowers at the pulpit that I never can think of their name. You're free Points to go there, but you shouldn't. Too and, bad they're uh, not too they also, I'm just some, of the, <laughs> some of them worship in the nude. And uh, But I did point out uh, the Baptist fixer would probably be glad to know that uh, it appeared from the uh, pictures, that um, which blurred everything out, but uh, they sit on towels. I'd like to point yes, out again that all the pictures. I don't want to be the towel washer. There was only like three people uh, in the church that appeared to not have their clothes on. But um, hey, quite. by the way, how cool is it? Still, Church Sexton in Australia listening to the podcast. That, Love that's, it. That's awesome. Uh, good guy too. Um, as a matter of fact, he, uh, he you know he, he was tweeting out this morning about asking for some prayer. Um, I think he actually made a, an appointment to talk to some Jehovah's Witnesses that had come to his door, and he was asking people to pray about that. That really seemed to want to present the gospel to them in a in a uh, in a uh, clear way and concise way. And so uh, we get we get pretty excited just people giving us feedback, and it's fun for me, especially to hook up with some guys who are uh, on the other side of the world. So, but speaking of feedback, I believe as we record episode eight, we now have our first voicemail. We do indeed. Hey guys, just wondering uh, uh, about how would you approach someone uh, to share your faith if they were very hostile to the gospel, or if they were an atheist? I mean, what kind of historical things I, could I could I say to them, and what kind of things could I uh, bring up and, and kind of squelch their doubts about about the Bible? Uh, thank you, guys. Awesome. Now they didn't give their name, but uh, uh, Chase, you said it was. Uh, Josh, Josh, last name withheld. Okay, so it's Josh. Uh, great question. Who's going to get started here? Okay, so essentially Josh's question has to do with how do we share Christ with people who uh, who are ambivalent on religion? They, they say you don't know whether, uh, you know, you can know whether Christianity is true or false or Mormonism or Islam or whatever. Uh, how do we share Christ with people who are resistant to the gospel? Mm-hmm. What are the plays we make? I, there's one thing in particular I want to talk about from an apologetics perspective, but I bet you guys have some uh, some nuanced things to uh, to share there as well. Uh, well, you know, I um, understand where Josh's question is coming from. I'm actually um, um, kind of some very good friends of mine that uh, I'm – you know, in relationship with, have some of the very same questions that he's talking about, and we're we're in some very good dialogue about those, and and and, and walking through some of those things. A lot of their questions go to things like, well, how do we know that our for example, how do we know that our religious book is the right religious book? And one of the things that we've been focusing on as we've dialogued about this is that they can't all be true. Uh, they teach varying things, and truth is not relevant. And so there there is Relative. a truth. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, truth is not relative. Thank you. Uh, it is relevant. Truth is yes. very relevant. Um, Liberal. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You could cut that out and take it out of context and be oh, bad. Oh, I will. Don't uh, worry. Truth is not relative. That'll be on the alternate truth, side. <laughs> truth is, uh, uh, you know, you have to live by it. And mm-hmm. so if, if, if you have one religion that teaches Jesus was a, a prophet who 
who actually died, and another religion that teaches Jesus was the Son of God who was raised from the dead. One of those things is true. One of them is not. And so uh, not all of the, the books can be right. I actually have just recently bought a book um, that I have not read yet, so I, I don't know that I can you know other just say that I, I read a review of it. it's called Con, uh, contradict they can't all be true by Andy uh, Rossman W R A S M A N I've not got into the book yet um, uh, I read a recommendation for it and on a reputable site and picked it up so uh, I've also recently picked up Can I Trust the Bible by R C Sproul and um, again this is not a book that I've gotten into yet um, but um, you know R C Sproul is uh, solid and so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that because that's some of their questions is how do, how do we know the Bible is accurate how do we know that we have the um, how do we know that the Bible is actually the Word of God one thing I'll point to chase and probably this is maybe where you're going is there is you know the Bible is a historical record and and there is more evidence for the accuracy of uh, of the Bible, of, of what we have today being what was written, uh, than many other books of antiquity that we don't doubt, many other works of antiquity that no one no one doubts. And um, for many things in history, we have to point to historical records. I, I say this quite often. You you know everybody talks about science. By science, you cannot prove that there was a president named Abraham Lincoln who was assassinated. You can't prove that. Even if you could point to his bones and go dig them up, there would there would be certain things by science you could prove. How tall he was, how old he was when he died, um, how he was, you know, for example, how this individual was uh, uh, met his death. But you could not prove that he was a man named Abraham Lincoln. You could not prove that he was the president of the United States. Those things... We believe because of historical record and eyewitness accounts. And the Bible is like that. Many of these things, it's a historical record. It's an eyewitness account. Paul even said at one point in the Bible, when he's talking to people about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and he said, hey, if you don't believe me, go ask these people who saw it. Um, some of them, 500 at a time. Some of them have died, but most of them, many of them, still alive. So go ask them if you don't believe me. And the reason he was able to do that is because um, there is a historical foundation, an eyewitness account of these things that happened. These were not just written down you know, uh, um, by by individuals who are who are making a story up. These are this is a historical record that we have in in scripture. Um, I like that. One of the things I remember you. T- um, one of the things I was talking about to kind of back up your point, David. Um, what is it called? I have always had to ask you the Sinaiticus Bible. Sinaiticus. Um, you're talking about like the uh, some of the Dead Sea Scrolls and some. Yeah, of the, there's uh, there's an archive yeah. you can go on, and I, I'll try to find the link for the show notes, but. It they basically scanned as many copies of ancient texts as they could get, and it's what you're talking about. They have hundreds upon hundreds of copies, and you know, I've heard people go, "Well, but there's so many differences in all the text." And when you start looking at what those differences are actually are, it's not anything that changes the context. It's the versus or him versus them, or you know, very subtle subtle nuances. And when it's him versus them, I'm talking about crowds, not. Jesus or the, the apostles. It's a the or an I or, you know, the, stuff like that. Um, but you see how many copies of these things that, that have held up over time that are that are similar. That's something that, that helps my analytical mind. Um, 
I guess two two things for for me on this. Um, I, blatant plug for um, the Reform Pubcast guys. Um, they talk a lot about something called presuppositional apologetics. Um, that I, I've kind of got a note to go study, but it basically. When you're talking about someone who is just aggressive, anti-gospel, Bible, God, um, it basically equips you to um, discuss their presuppositions about the world and um, not not undermine them per se, but make them go, okay, well, you presuppose these things. I presuppose these things and, and tries to level that out to have a different kind of conversation. That that has intrigued me a lot. They talk about a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. James White a lot. Um, I think he has a podcast called The Dividing Line that focuses on that style of apologetics. So from an analytical standpoint, um, that's another resource that, you know, I've heard Dr. James White um, talk a couple times and I've been intrigued to hear more. Um, but the other thing is just relationally for me. Um, and so a lot, I have found more often than not, maybe not more often than not, I have found a lot of times people that are anti the gospel or anti church are so because of a situation, are so because of a group of people. And in the more that I have tried to imitate the ministry and life of Christ or the apostles to, to people, the more receptive they are to me and why I do those things. And so um, my advice would be, um, yes, you can try to argue a point all day long, and I think you should be equipped to give a reasonable answer. The Bible tells us to do so. Um, but there's another part of that ministry that I think we see as well, and it's relationally. It's meeting it's truth and love, but it's meeting needs, and that opens up a whole new door of willingness to talk to you. Now, they may, <laughs> the conversations may still be tense, and they may still make you want to not be very Christ-like, and I, I get that too. Um, but I think Jesus was clear. You know, we will. Um, they're not always going to want to hear what we have to say, and then they may not um, <laughs> be receptive to us or it. Um, but He did give us a pattern of how to say it, and um, I, you know, that's that's my my thoughts on it. That's good stuff. Uh, I think apologetics is important. Apologetics outside of relationship is much, much weakened. Uh, I know we all, uh, David in particular, ha- has relationships with some college guys that uh, are all going through that phase you go through in college where you're wrestling with doubts and things like that. And one of the primary ways I think that you minister the gospel to people is, yes, you give them truth, but you do it in the context of a loving relationship that goes beyond merely, I want to preach some things to you. Mm-hmm. Um Speaking the truth is really, really important, especially to people who are going through doubt, um, and and that's critical. But it often has to be done in the context of a of a deep and genuine relationship. I'll give Josh one uh, uh, one website to check out, one resource. Uh, Gary Habermas was a professor of mine. He's maybe the foremost. Um, expert on the resurrection in the United States of America. I think every Christian should be a an expert on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, Habermas has a, a series of arguments he calls the uh, uh, minimal facts argument, which he essentially 
gives you 12 things that most historical scholars grant, historical critical scholars grant as true, and that he builds a case for the uh, plausible resurrection of Jesus from the dead based on those That's 12 awesome. historical facts. And Gary Habermas is a great guy to listen to. You can ga- download a bunch of MP3s and stuff uh, from uh, GaryHabermas.com and other places. That's H-A-B-E-R-M-A-S.com. I, I've met the guy, great, genuine guy, great teacher. Uh, but 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 learn about the resurrection of Jesus. Start with Habermas, go other places, learn about the resurrection of Jesus, learn about the reliability of God's Word, and then invest yourself in relationships with these people that are uh, difficult to reach, that are skeptics. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Don't be insulted mm-hmm. when they disagree with yes. you. Love them, serve them. Proclaim truth with humility and love, uh, and don't be easily dissuaded. Yeah, and I would say, Josh, uh, you know, to um, tweet us back, you tweet me personally at J. David McConnell uh, on Twitter if, if you're out there. Um, it would be interesting. Maybe we could uh, hook up via email and talk about this a little bit more because I'm, I'm in a similar boat with you. Um, but but I would say um, just don't, don't take the burden on of, of feeling like I've got to convince them. Um, that's not your job. It's not, it's not your job. Present. I'm like, Chase, focus on the resurrection. Something happened. Christianity started and, and it went, it has went worldwide. Um, you know, what happened? People have to answer that question. Almost nobody denies the historical figure of Jesus. If he didn't rise from the dead, then what happened? And you've got to walk out those other things logically. And I think, you know, there there is a conclusion there can be reached that he really did rise from the dead, a convincing one, not just a faith-based, but a convincing one by the evidence. And so, um, you know, focus in on that, but but don't take on that burden of convincing them, and don't be afraid to just present the Word to them. Charles Spurgeon mm-hmm. said, the Word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose, and the lion will defend itself. The Word of God will not return to him void. So don't be afraid, even though they doubt the Word. Don't be afraid to issue them the Word and and teach them to, uh, to them the Word. And I'm going to check a couple of these books out that I that I bought in, uh, including the Sproul book, and see there may be some good things there, too, to share later. So Sounds good. Speaking of being in relationship with people to uh, gospel them, to uh, walk through their doubts and things like that, I understand that the gospel friends had a bit of a run-in with the long arm of the law this week. What happened, guys? Well, I think I should read the— uh, <laughs> He says this like he wasn't there. Yeah, like he says it like he was. I, I, I'm I gonna... thought I was with the hosp- at the hospital with uh, my son or something. So here was, <laughs> sure. was fell of the week, fell of the week from Monday. <laughs> Let me just read you the synopsis. Three unassuming ministers are almost arrested watching a grown man get a birthday spanking in a public place. And that's it for the show. We'll see you next week. Uh, Oh, so wait, here's the here's the synopsis. We were no, I think out. It'd have been pretty funny if we the, just let it roll. The three of us were oh, out. That's true, by the way. The three of us were out this past Monday night mm-hmm. with some college guys. Uh, 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 three, four of them were in relationship. Now with. we see why David's trying to disciple <laughs> here from the Hall of Dogma Church, and we Love all went out. We all went out to uh, get a burger for uh, one of one of these guys' birthdays that we're all close hey, to. Real, real yeah. quick, condolences for Eli's ego in the failure of the challenge. Hey, yeah. But he tried it. He, he did. tried it. He, he did. attempted it. 
And I had a burger, my first ever burger with peanut butter on it, which was fantastic. I you're, loved it. It was you're awesome. Disgusting. Tell me you're not lying. I think best burger that I've Are had. Are you serious? Yes, dead serious. It was and by so the way, good. it was so good. There were about 18 college people plus us. We're far removed <laughs> from college. I'm not going to say yes, exactly how old we are, yeah. but so old. Bottom line is, guys, I mean, if you. Remember being a college guy, uh, they, among this group of close college friends, they've started this tradition as they're starting to turn 20, 21, 22 of, hey, you got to get a birthday spanking. And and so you're getting 20, 21 licks and one to grow on. And so there was a couple of these guys that had, had already went through this and they had taken their licks, so to speak. And so it was this this other guy's turn and there was some guys wanting some revenge on him and so they 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 made the mistake of of deciding to give the birthday spanking in this courtyard near the restaurant where we had eaten um because surrounded by cameras and surveillance so, um, and a happy couple on a date now, <laughs> so yeah. they're they're giving him this college guy oh man birthday spanking deal and you know look if there are ladies listening they're like what and if there's guys listening you're probably going well yeah i kind of get it you know it's a guy thing uh but um the gospel friends were there and uh there was some discussion among the gospel friends about whether or not we should stay or leave we were not participating in said spanking you thought about it, though. Admit it. No, they were trying to get me to. They you were, thought about cause it. Because this guy used to be in my youth group. I know. Look. When I was a, when I was a oh, youth I pastor at the Hall of Dogma Church, um, he was in my youth group, and, and so they offered, but I didn't take him up on I, it. I didn't say you took him up on it. I'm well aware you didn't. I take, wanted you, to. Okay, thank I you. That's to. all I wanted to do, because I wanted to. I was I, one of your assistant youth leaders. I, I, wanted I didn't to. want to. I wanted to flee. <laughs> Cha- I right. smelt a rat. We, I, I, we I didn't flee. I just Nick, wanted to flee. Nick, I want to say to you that it has gotten back to me that Chase has told this story a few times this week. And that every time he tells the story, he's coming off as the wise old sage who was trying to get us to leave. Yet, he was filming it with his camera. Well, look, <clears> to you, you, I give a train wreck. You want to have evidence on video of said train wreck. So Even after, if you know it's dangerous. After, it's like you're saving the poison apple cider bottle. After Birmingham, uh, after um, uh, birthday spanking was over, um, we saw, as we were all standing around and getting ready to leave, and Chase had just said to me, the I wonder if we should leave. We we probably need to get out of here. <laughs> and the thin blue line of Birmingham police rode up on a segway. The well, largest, sure the, blue line. the largest cop I have ever guy. seen in my life. This guy was as wide as that an NFL linebacker. Oh yeah, NFL linebacker. This dude was big, and he walks. You aren't up. gonna mess with him. And he got look. He got a call. <laughs> he got a call that there was a group of guys whipping another guy in a courtyard near near this restaurant he thought it was a gang initiation he thought it he wasn't sure what was going on and look i knew we were going to jail oh i was sure of it well i knew you and chase were going to jail i was gonna well, when he you asked, were gonna run when he asked us how old we were i just kind of slunk back and hid behind the nearest teenager hoping he wouldn't piece together well, and straight how old up. i really am to our in, in in the birthday boy shower main lamps, but to birthday boy's credit, he went uh, uh, nineteen, sir. And the cop immediately, well, that explains it. Yes, but you do know that he's not nineteen. I know. Okay, he didn't heard give his say, actual age. I know, and I'm saying Wait, to his throwing him under the bus on the air here. Well, they're gonna come after. Him. He didn't get his actual. And and to give the cops, I mean, the cop was cool. He was once he realized it wasn't. He was like, nefarious, guys, it was just a bad decision. He was like, you guys, you can't be out here doing this. You got, you can't be out here. Yeah. And the gospel friends were looking for a way to put our capes on and get out of there. <laughs> 
Um, and teleported the, the, away. So we hopped funny. in David's man van and <laughs> drove the speed limit home. You didn't have to tell that part of the story. The funny part <laughs> is I had texted to my wife a picture of what was happening, and she had come back and said, if you guys get arrested, I'm not going to bail you out. <laughs> and right as I'm reading that, the cop's walking up. Nice. <laughs> I don't think Lisa, my wife Lisa would have let us sit there, either. too. We'd have so, had to call Samuel hey, or Kevin. We're unloved and rejected by our own families. If any of you of our gospel friends, listeners, have ever found yourself in a, in a similar situation, funny, um, hard to explain, and uh, you know, send it in to us. Maybe we'll put it on there. Cause What's this a good was, hashtag for that? I want to say hashtag bad decisions, uh, but that could go so bad. Bad decisions. Hashtag uh, birthday spanking. <laughs> that's safe, No, that's... Oh, I'm saying we don't go with that. Hashtag <laughs> stupid guy tricks. Let's, that's let's, pretty good. Or if, if the gender reversal roles, you know, appropriate. Oh, that's true. Stupid girl tricks. So, no. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> let's not. Let's avoid that. How about let's not hashtag anything. Yeah. Just, uh, just send us an my email and my gospel friends. We'll read it. Um, or a voicemail. That'd be awesome. Voicemail, something like that. Uh, hey, guys, did want you to let you know um, a local church. We missed a golden opportunity. Church local in Birmingham here today passed out SEC schedules along with their building, uh, their uh, bulletin. So, Dang, we should have done that. We really should have. Hey, we uh, do want to hear from college you, College football though. and church services don't mix, and I'll tell you a story about that sometime. All right. Day. 205-575-9735. If you want to chastise us for our foolishness <laughs> or encourage us in our gospelness, 205-575-9735. To be fair, the only thing we could have done is leave. Because if we'd tried to say, hey, guys, y'all don't need to be doing this well, here. we were vastly outnumbered. They were not going to listen oh, to us. Oh, there was no listening. And I, it, I just, it was like a car wreck I was watching. It was. It but was. It almost, Should we post the picture on Twitter? No. I've thought you about sure? that. I'm positive. Probably I not. Want to. Nah. There's too many identifiable faces yeah, in such a said picture. All it right. almost went bad. Very By close. the way, this was about the sixth or seventh time in my friendship with Chase that cut, we've had a run in with the cops. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll list them all, but Chase and I have been Chase and I have been approached by police officers more time than I look out. If you follow superheroes and comics and stuff, that sort of thing just happens. If you walk down dark roads near Waffle House at one o'clock talking <laughs> theology, you will get um, you will get approached if by the cops. If you're a hero, you're going to be in sketchy places from time to time trying to rescue orphans and widows and grandmothers and stuff like that. Way to church happens. this up, Chase. The last, time the, the last time the cops approached us, they recognized us from the previous time they'd approached us. <laughs> Why didn't we end this show earlier? And for the record, that was when we were standing around outside the church building that we passed her at 1230 in the morning. So that we were walking around our own church building yeah. at my past gospel midnight, friends on Twitter and the Facebook.com yeah, slash cool. group slash all of dog. <laughs> See you next week. If we can manage to stay out of jail for this week. <laughs>